table. Have you sat it? Our text of emphasis is found in 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 1 to 9, and they read, To those who are elect exiles of the dispersion of Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia, according to the foreknowledge of God the Father and the sanctification of the Spirit, for obedience to Jesus Christ and for sprinkling of his blood, may grace and peace be multiplied to you. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again in a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you, who by God's power are being guarded through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. In this you rejoice, though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been grieved by various trials, so that the tested genuineness of your faith, more precious than gold, that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Though you have not seen him, you love him. Though you do not know him, you believed in him and rejoiced with joy that is inexpressible and filled with glory, obtaining the outcome of your faith, the salvation for your souls. Amen. That is a thick, thick verse. Um, let's pray. Dear God, thank you for giving us life today for bringing those that are here here, for those that are online, bringing them to the screen, Lord. Open our eyes, open our ears, teach us something today. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So for those of you that don't know, my name is Rebecca. Good morning, everybody. It's been a while since I've been up here for anything. I mean, for anything. And let me give you some background of who I am. I been here, for, I've been here for many years, many, 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 many years, and, uh, hey, and I discovered Avon Hope by mistake. Amen. Amen. It was, so it was a long time ago, I'm not going to tell you how many years, because you little mathematicians are going to start counting on your fingers and see how, oh, no, we're not telling you how many years ago, but many years ago, at the University of Columbia, there was a group of students that got together and we would discuss God. And I didn't know that this group of people was related to a church. It was just like a fellowship, like a, like a Christian fellowship group, right? And so I would go there on Tuesday nights and we would gather, we would talk. It was Alex, Alex Espana was there. It was Zane, I don't know if you know who Zane is. People, people. And I remember thinking to myself, these guys are so cool, oh my God. And then I remember by happenstance to find out that they were related to a church. Wait, you, th there's, there's more of you people? So obviously I trekked from the Bronx to Manhattan to see about this church. And it has been awesome. 
It is a place that I finally felt like I belonged, you know? I mean, everyone here is different. Different ideas, different thoughts, different styles, but I was accepted and I felt good here. And I said, maybe this is home. And since then, I have called this place home. I have met friends that are family now. I have honed my teaching skills as a Sabbath school facilitator. I was a greeter at the door. Now, let me tell you, that was before you installed that little heating and cooling system out there. And I was um, shivering with a smile. And I was sweating and smiling in the summertime. But we were greeters out there, and that was a beautiful experience for me. I met my husband here, Eric, praise the Lord. Thank God for Wednesday night prayer meeting, power and prayer, okay? Hi, baby. We dedicated our son here. He is now four years old, and that was an experience that felt like a very um, Lion King Simba experience. We dedicated him, it was amazing, Judah, our little Judah. So being up here feels like a throwback, a throwback Sabbath, if you will. Um, but I am glad to be here. I'm glad that Pastor Michelle and Pastor Todd thought of me to come and share um, some of his word. That's what I'm supposed to say, right? I'm supposed to say that. Thank you <laughs> for thinking of me and sharing his word. Now, we're gonna get into his actual word. That was a little introduction to my life, welcome. Welcome to my life. Um, the text of emphasis is found in chapter one of 1 Peter. And it is a thick text. I mean, can we go to verse one and two, how we start? I don't know how I'm supposed to do this. Do I say slide? Okay. Ooh, there, um, is, is that it? No, that's not the one. I think it's the second one. It's um, 1 Peter one verses one and two. Is that it? You know I have my glasses on. Yes, that's it. So here it is. It says, to those who are elect exiles of the dispersion in Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia, according to this foreknowledge of God the Father, in the sanctification of the Spirit for obedience to Jesus Christ and for sprinkling with his blood, may grace and peace be multiplied unto you. What? So I read two verses, okay? And already, I need Google, I need a concordance, I need a dictionary, I am looking up map of the world, 64 AD, what are these places, what are you talking about? And I was so tempted to skip these two verses because in my Bible, it said greetings on the heading. Okay? And a greeting, AKA means, hey. I did not see hey um, in the verse. And I was so tempted to skip it and move on. Let's just, let's just tell the people it's a greeting and hallelujah, praise the Lord. Let's just move on. But sometimes, sometimes we gotta sit in some discomfort so God will learn us something teach us something. So I decided to look into the verse and make myself a little uncomfortable. And here we are 
in this verse. Will you put it up for me again, my dear? I'm going to be referring to it quite often. Um, in this verse, it says, to those who are elect exiles. Okay, so we know there's some exiles here. These people have been dispersed to all of these places that they're mentioning, right? And it's because of persecution. They believed in Christ and they've been dispersed. But it says that they're, that they're elect. It says that they're elect. And the person who is writing this to them has had his own issues, trials, and tribulations, let's say. And the person who wrote this book is Peter, Simon Peter. You heard of him? You heard of Simon Peter? They, they got, he's famous. Even people who don't go to church know about Simon Peter because we have comic strips about him. You know, they show him in the pearly white gates. And there's usually like a one-liner at the bottom. <laughs> so funny. And Peter wrote this book to these dispersed people that were all over. And these people were tired, hopeless, lost everything. And this is how he opens the letter. He says, you are elect. You are chosen to do, okay. For what? For why? For what reason? So he says, you are chosen, you are elect. And how did this election occur? Something beautiful about these two verses is that within these two verses, we see a triune God. We see the Trinity. And now I've kind of like seen it as a challenge. Like if I see Jesus, can I see the Holy Spirit and God here too? Like where can I find them? Find Waldo, find the Trinity, right? So here in these verses, we see the Trinity. First it says, according to the foreknowledge of God, the Father, in the sanctification of the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, and for obedience of Jesus Christ for the sprinkling with his blood, Jesus, triune, three. It's telling us that all these three people are God. And there were, these people that were dispersed were chosen by God and received a stamp of elect and approval. Now, I asked myself, is there anyone out there that doesn't believe that Jesus is God? And if Jesus is God, then what does that mean? And if you don't believe that he is God, then what does that mean, right? I think that in order to prove or try to show that Jesus is God, I have to go into the Bible and show you some verses, right? The first verse that we all ponder and fall upon is found in 1 John. Can we go to that slide? Thank you. It's 1 John chapter 1, verses 1 to 4. It says, in the beginning was the Word. The Word. In the beginning, the Word. And the Word was with God. And the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. Word and God, one thing. All things that were made 
through him were made, and without him was nothing made that was made. So he made all these things, and without him was nothing. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. And then we jump to verse 14, and it says, And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. So it's telling us that this word that is God became flesh. But that wasn't enough. I said, there's got to be more. So I turned to Genesis 1, and I said, in the beginning, right? In the beginning. If God, Jesus, was God, he, he needed to be there in the beginning. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth, earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. And God said, let there be light, and there was light. And you jump to verse 3, it says, and God said, let there be light. No, and verse 26 says, then God said, let us make, right? Let us make. And I said, okay, where is this triune God? And God said, don't you see it? And I said, I'm looking. In the beginning, God, God the Father, I see him. And it says that the spirit moved on the face of the earth. Okay, two out of three. Where's three? It says that God spoke. What comes out your mouth when you speak? Your word. Your what? Your word. And it says that God spoke and his word came out of his mouth and did what? And created. My goodness, three and one, there you go. Check, check, check. Jesus is God. Before he was Jesus, he was called the Word. You got any nicknames you go by? <laughs> you don't got to share. You don't got to share. Jesus, Emmanuel with us, before he was Jesus and was incarnated, was the Word. That's a cool name. I'm sorry, I like that. The Word, yes. Long ago, at many times, in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. In the supremacy of God, in Hebrews chapter 1, verses 1 to 2 and 8 to 9, I am still blown away because God calls Jesus God. And if you didn't believe it, it's in there. Hebrews chapter 1, verses 1 to 2, verses 8 and 9. It says, long ago at many times and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets, but in these last days he has spoken to us by his Son, whom he appointed the heir of all things. Through him also he created the world. That's what we were just talking about. And God says, your throne, oh God. Who is he talking to? Himself? Kinda, kinda. He's talking to Jesus. 
He said, your throne, O God, is forever and ever. The scepter of uprightness is the scepter of your kingdom. You have loved righteousness and hated wickedness. Therefore, God, your God, has anointed you. What? Oh yeah, isn't there? God, your God, has anointed you. That is so beautiful. So if you didn't believe that Jesus was God, then you should listen to some of his words. Jesus tells you about himself. Story number one, the woman at the well. She said to him, it's found in John 4, 25 to 26, and this woman comes up to Jesus and she's like, oh Jesus, someone's coming. I'm waiting on this Messiah. He's coming to save us. And what does Jesus say to her plainly? That's me. Yeah, yeah that, I'm, I'm the one, that, that's me. And then later we read in Luke, when Jesus is reading from the book of Isaiah, the prophecies of Isaiah, and after he's done reading all these passages about the Messiah, he closes the book and he's like, yeah, that's about me. That's, that, that's me. When Jews confronted him, in John chapter 10, we read another story, and they're like, look, tell us, who are you? He says, I did tell you, but you did not believe me. The works I do in my Father's name testify of me. Why is it important? Why did Peter start his letter so complicatedly, well, to me? It's because he's saying something. Because the fact that Jesus is God matters. Why does it matter? Because sometimes it helps us understand God's love for us when we try to understand what was given up for us. That God would come here, here, for us. If you could give your life, let's make pretend your life was a movie, okay? If you could give your life a rating out of five stars, like it was a movie, how many stars would you give your life? Who's living that 4.6 stars life? Okay, who, who, who's that? Who living the 4.6 star life? Let me tell you, when I go on Amazon Prime and the movie has three stars, I turn my nose up. I'm like, oh. <laughs> Thought that was a good movie, will not waste my time. Life here on Earth, at most, gets a one star review. At most. Looking at all the trials and at most, a one star review. And Jesus came here at this one star review spot. For us. That's love. That's love. So Peter tells these people, you are elected by the one and only triune God. And that's a good way to open a letter. It's good to know you've been elected. You're special. I know you're going through some stuff, but you're special. Have you ever been chosen last on the playground? That's traumatizing and it stings. But God didn't choose us last, did he? He thought of us first. 
and that's a beautiful thing. So now that I got through verse one and two, Lord, there are more verses. We got through one and two, now we're moving on to verse three. What else does Peter have to say to these broken people? You are chosen by God. And then in verse three he says, we can move on to the next slide. I believe so. Oh, yes, 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 wait, this is a, this is a commentary that I forgot. Um, Ellen G. White, one of my favorite inspired authors, writes about being elect. And this is what she says, it's so beautiful. She says, everyone who will humble himself as a little child, who will receive and obey the word of God with a child's simplicity, will be among the elect of God. Amen. Like, count me in. I don't want to be counted out, count me in. And that's such a beautiful thing. You don't have to jump through hoops to be elected, just, just want to be. Verse three says, now next slide. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Amen! Glory be to God, because we can be born again. Do we need to be born again, though? Let me tell you, as the psalmist says, you were conceived in sin, okay? Conceived in sin, entrenched in sin, indoctrinated in sin. I can tell you how to live a sinful life. I know all about it, don't you? We need to be born again, and this is good news. Paul is, Peter is telling these people, you know what? You're running, and you, at this time that you're running and you're being persecuted, you might doubt your salvation. You might feel like throwing in the towel and saying, forget about it, but you have been elected, and you have been born again. And not just that, but you have a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. He did that in your place. You don't have to be afraid. You don't have to be scared. You've been elected, you've been chosen, and you've been born again through the Holy Spirit. Peter can attest to this living hope. But what is the living hope? It's Jesus. Jesus who lived among us in this one-star place, let me say that again. He lived among us. He died and he rose again. He resurrected. That is the best part. It's a living hope. It's not a past hope. It's not a dead hope. It's a living hope. He's alive. There are in the, there, there are in the Bible some that question the resurrection of Jesus. There's some testimonies in there. You heard them? Of the, uh, the soldiers. What, what was their testimony? What'd they say? While we were sleeping, the disciples cometh and taketh the body of Jesus away. They stole him. Can you imagine this playing out in the court of law? Soldier on the stand. While I was sleeping, they stole him and took him. Oh, is that your testimony, sir? Mm-hmm. While you were in your 
unconscious state with your eyes closed, am I right? You saw the disciples take Jesus. It, it, it would not stand in a court of law. <laughs> what kind of crazy court would accept such a thing? But there are many testimonies of people who saw Jesus after his resurrection. And guess who one of these people was? It was, it was Peter. Peter was one of the ones who saw Jesus after he had resurrected. And he can tell of this living hope, which is why he's writing this letter to these discouraged, persecuted brothers and sisters who have been dispersed all over. On this earth, nothing lasts for forever. And Peter tells these people that. In verse 4, he says, to an inheritance that is imperishable. He's like, this is why you've been born again, and this is your reward. Undefiled and unfading, kept in heaven for you. It's verse 4, the next slide. Who by God's power are being guarded through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last day. Nothing lasts forever. Not things, not feelings, not our lives, but our imperishable inheritance is being kept for us in heaven. And we too are being guarded from worse things than we see. Have you ever fantasized about, I don't know, some long lost uncle dying? Okay, that, that's the sad part. But leaving you like an inheritance? I mean, I have. I thought maybe there's a cousin, cousin's cousin, uncle, aunts, who knew me when I was three and has a great fortune to give me. This was so great. And then I won't have to go to work ever again. I'm like, But this is real. This is like a real inheritance that God has in store for his elect, for you, for me, waiting in heaven. I told you about my four-year-old Judah, right? He's adorable and I love him. He asked me one time, um, where is Jesus? And I said, Oh, he's in heaven. He's way up high. And he said, hmm, well, what's he doing? I said, oh, he's up there. He's working. He's building us a great big house so that when we get there, we'll have a place to live. But we probably won't spend a lot of time in the house. What are we going to do? Oh, all kinds of things, I tell him. We're going to run and run on such shiny streets. And we're never going to go and feel tired or go to sleep. Because guess what? There's going to be no nighttime. And we're going to play all day. And there will be animals to play with, all the animals to play with. 
and there won't be any boo-boos, and there won't be any band-aids, and there'll be toys. So many toys that you will only have to share them if you wanna. Judah says, wow. Wow indeed. Heaven is a real place. God is real. God is as real as your worry, as real as your hurt. God is as real as your trauma. We doubt because we often feel alone, but God is here. We're numbed and distracted by the things we see and feel, but they're transient. Peter is saying that they pass by, but they take up all of our mental space. We're so busy looking at things and feeling down, but we only need to dwell each day just for a little bit on heavenly things. Our spirits would be uplifted. Make space for God. Talk to God. Listen to God. Trust God. Obey God. We're getting to the end of our verses. We're going to skip on to verse 8 and 9. It say, Though you have not seen him, you love him. Though you do not now see him, you believe in him and rejoice with joy that is inexpressible and filled with glory, obtaining the outcome of your faith, the salvation of your souls. This is a good letter. If I was in trouble sometimes or sad, I would want to read it. But those words of Peter, how he says that we don't see him, but we believe. I don't know about you, but I'm filled with such longing, such deep longing to see the one who died for me. I want to finally get saved. Judah, you see? Right there? That's Jesus. To finally look into his eyes, to walk beside him, to hear his voice. What does his laughter sound like? And it's such a good feeling to know that he longs to see us too. Dear God, thank you for giving up everything to save us. We sometimes forget how much we are loved and cherished. We long to see you. These trials and tribulations are only for a short while. Help us focus on you and what you have in store for us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.